Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode five of FPL Hotline. I'm your host, Matt Tomo, joined as always by Taz. What's up, Taz? What's up? Gash. What's up, Gash? Yo. <laughs> and uh, C4, what's going on, man? Today's been a really good day. All right, don't care. Let's move on. So, yeah. Uh, we got about, what, four days left until the season. So uh, we figured today we would go over our final team drafts. Um, I, I don't want to say final because I know I'm changing mine probably a couple more times before the deadline. But, um, you know, almost there, almost our final draft. So uh, we'll go through that and then we'll go through some, uh, you know, basic questions. And, um, yeah, so let's get started. Who wants to go first? I'll go. All right. Gash. <laughs> so let's take a look at Gash's team first. Let's make sure we're reading out to people listening. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. That's messed up, <laughs> All man. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's pull up Gash's team and let's make sure we read it out loud for the people listening on the podcast. Oh, beauty right there. All, All right. right, so uh, I'll, I'll uh, start going. So I have um, Matt Ryan in goal. Um, you know, I went with him. The, uh, I really tried to focus on having a 4.5 million cent for guy keeper this season. And, uh, you know, it was between him and uh, McCarthy. Um, and I just, you know, I'll, I'll touch on it a little bit later, but Matt Ryan's my keeper in there. Um, my starting three in the back are Kyle Walker-Peters, um, Andy Robertson, and Trent Alexander-Arnold. Um, I was debating this, and I went decided to go with the Liverpool double-up. Uh, you know, just I really like the guaranteed point potential there. Um, and then Kyle Walker-Peters is my first of three Southampton players I have in my team. Um, is you know, 4.5 million, a really good option at the back. Um, and Southampton have good fixtures to start, so I was really happy there. Um, my midfield four um, are uh, Suchek, uh, Aubameyang, Salah, and Armstrong. And I'm captaining Aubameyang this week with Salah as my vice captain. Um, Suchek was the 5.0 million. Um, just, you know, uh, tough fixtures at the start, but he uh, has potential to get forward um, and score a decent amount of points, which is why I have him in there. Um, and then Aubameyang and Salah are my two premiums in midfield. You know, I don't really I think I need too much of an explanation for either of those guys. You know, constantly in the golden boot race, um, and they're both you know really uh, leaders of FPL teams uh, everywhere. Um, and then Armstrong is a, a player for my second of the three Southampton players, um, who so you can tell I'm kind of high on Southampton uh, with this team. Um, but he looks really good post restart, and uh, you know very creative. And I think with you know feeding Danny Ings up top, he'll still have he has you know a really clinical finisher that he can kind of lean on to create chances for. Um, and then my starting three forwards are um, Che Adams, uh, Timo Werner, and uh, Mitrovic. Um, so Adams is uh, my third of three Southampton players. He's a 6.0 million um, uh, that uh, started a lot more games post restart than he had earlier. Um, so I think he'll be the the you know the second striker for their system there, kind of like a 4-4-2 almost. Um, and he looks really good and. Uh, very sharp post restart, so that's why I decided to keep him in there. Um, and then Timo Werner is my premium striker. Um, I'm really excited to see. Well, I'm not. I'm not excited to see what he does as a United fan, but I am excited to see what he does as a, a an FPL player with him on my team. Um, I think he's a really clinical finisher, and he can make a difference for Chelsea. Um, and then Mitrovic was someone I owned a few years back, um, and he uh, got off to a pretty good start that season, if I remember correctly. You know, maybe the first ten game weeks he was doing pretty well, so. Glad to have him in there. Um, and then my bench is, you know, at least relatively straightforward for the first game week. Um, I have uh, Walton, 
who is going to be battling, I think, uh, battling Matt Ryan, I believe, for the number one spot. You know, uh, from what I've seen, he's going to be the number two to start. But, uh, you know, I just really wanted, in case Ryan gets hurt, to have the, the next Brighton keeper in there. Um, I have Ailing from Leeds, uh, $4.5 million. He seems pretty nailed at right back and Leeds signed another center back, so he shouldn't have to shift into the middle. Um, and then I have Greenwood and Taylor. Um, Greenwood is my Man United cover, uh, blanking first game week, so I have him on the bench. And Taylor is my Burnley defense cover. I'm also blanking, so I have him on the bench. All right, looking pretty good. Um, are you trying to take somebody out for KDB a couple weeks in? Yeah. Is that, is that like um, in your mind? Yeah, I think so. I, we'll probably touch on that later in this episode, but um, my plan, I, you know, I, I don't want to take out Aubameyang to KDB. Um, I, I just, I'm selfish and I want KDB in there while keeping Aubameyang and Salah, but it, it, would, it looks like it'd have to be one of those two guys moving. One of them, yeah. Um, to make room. Yeah. All right, C4, you want to show us your team next, buddy? Yeah, so that last example was a team you don't want FPL. This is <laughs> the team you want. So going in goal have the Saints goalkeeper McCarty. Very similar back line to Gash with Robertson, Kyle Walker-Peters, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Then we have the 4.0 Mitchell from Crystal Palace. In midfield, a little different for me this year. Starting off, I usually like to go with four-man midfield, three-man midfield with Aubameyang, ASM, and Salah. And then up top, we have Warner, Harry Kane, Mitrovic. My bench consists of 4.0 Neeland. I just thought at the time of creating my team, he'd be the best backup option. I don't even know how to say his name. Usususuma? As my 4.5 midfielder, Johnson as another 4.0 defender from West Ham, and then Reed as another 4.5 midfielder. I, guess I think it's just in- I don't know why you added some extra S's in there. Yep. <laughs> Man, in it doesn't look that tell, hard of a name. <laughs> I don't actually know how to read. I just memorize a lot of words. So maybe that's why. I think the only important thing to note on my team, though, is that currently I have Aubameyang set as my triple captain for game week one, which I'll get into more later. But aside from that, I might do a little more tinkering with my offensive line, but I'm pretty happy with my team going into game week one. Taz? I'm ready. So, uh, as you can see, I, I have somewhat of a different back line compared to the others. I didn't, uh, I'm McCarthy starting with Nyland and uh, as my bench keeper. Uh, as mentioned before, Saints have a pretty decent set of fixtures starting forward, so I chose McCarthy. Uh, have Trent Alexander Honor in there. I feel like everyone starting their teams has him. I went with Doherty as my choice. Uh, didn't go for the for the Liverpool double up in the back. We'll mention a little bit later on in the episode. And then right now, Vinagre is in my team, um, but he's just a placeholder. I haven't fully decided on my four and a half million. Um, defended is going to go in that spot as I'm going with three five two formation. Moving into my midfield, I have uh, bombing Salah, the big hitters, the premium assets, um, followed by Son. Of coverage for the Spurs, uh, decent uh, set of fixtures to start the season, as well as uh, Saha, who's my uh, kind of differential, like risk pick, who's been playing um, out of position as a forward in preseason and has uh, scored pre- pretty couple goals. And we'll talk about it a little bit later. And then St. Maxim is my cheap budget option uh, for my midfield. And then uh, as my two strikers, I have Werner and Shea Adams with uh, Brewster uh, on the bench and then um, – Mitchell and Johnson's for my 4.0 uh, defenders as well on the bench. 
Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, a lot different from the first two. Um, Brewster, are you expecting a loan for Brewster or you want him as a Liverpool asset? I just want uh, – no, just I like him the best as the cheapest uh, option. I'm not even set on it yet. I could easily downgrade Zaha to another five – Five and a half million uh, cheap budget, then upgrade Brewster to a six million budget option that actually starts, and I can guarantee points from. Uh, that's something I'm still thinking about, and uh, probably yeah. will decide upon like hours before the deadline. So yeah, yeah, one of those last minute calls. Yeah. All right, let's pull my team up. Let's pull my team up. Let's see. Oh, God, hey, there mm-hmm. we go. All right, so we got Ryan and Goal. You know, everybody knows who's a favorite last year. Um, might switch him over to McCarthy. Still debating that one, but uh, for now, it's Ryan. Uh, and then I went with the Liverpool double in the back line, Alexander Arnold and Robertson. Uh, you know, can't go wrong with them. I feel like you're essentially getting Liverpool midfielders for seven mil, and uh, that's awesome. They have huge clean sheet probability, and they both get up and get a lot of attacking returns as well. I'm still sticking with Vinegray as my uh, third defender there. Um, it's a little bit up in the air right now with with the whole Wolves transfers situations, but uh, you know, if he's if he's playing, I want him as a 4.5 option there. Um, and my bench defenders are uh, Douglas from Leeds and Ferguson from Palace. Uh, Ferguson's injured right now, but expecting him to come back within a couple weeks. Um, yeah, don't want to have to waste a transfer on him later on. Um, let's move on to the midfield. We got uh, Mo Salah, of course, and uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang as the two big hitters in the middle. Um, also, I'm probably swapping one of them out for KDB in a week or two. Uh, it's going to be a tough call. Initially, I was thinking I'll just swap uh, Obamaing out, but now I'm thinking I want to hold on to him. So that'll be a decision a little further down the line. Uh, then I got Susek and Saka and Stevens to round out my midfield. Um, you know, I'm the only one with Saka, so I'll talk about him for a little bit. Uh, feeling pretty good about him last season in all competitions out of all Premier League players. Only Trent and KDB had more assists than him last season. Uh, he's only 18 coming up for Arsenal. They gave him the number seven kit this year. And, uh, you know, I had to let my Arsenal bias shine through a little bit on my team selection. So there it is. Uh, expecting big things from Saka. If he could do what he did last year at 5.5, you know, I'll be thrilled. Um, yeah, and let's move on to the forwards. I got uh, Mitrovic, you know, solid 6.0 option. As Gash said, you know, showed us that what he could do in the Prem a couple seasons ago. Um, and I got Timo Werner as well. Uh, seems to be like a template player for a lot of people. Uh, I think... Werner probably has over 50% ownership at this point, right? If not, he's got to be close. Or yeah. am I bugging? Is that way too high? <laughs> I think it's way too high. He's got 47.4. 48. All right. That was close. Yeah, it seems like it seems like everybody's got Werner. Uh, I'm pretty excited to see what he can do. Um, and last but certainly not least, got Jamie Vardy up top. Um, it's always a Vardy party for FC Tomo. Um trusted in him every year and i'm going to trust in him for the beginning of this year too. see how it goes uh some people are expecting him to slow down but you know somebody's got to score some goals for leicester so i think it's going to be him um yeah so basically that's the best team out of the four of ours i think but um you know we'll see a little bit later how we rank each other's teams um yeah so any key talking points uh from our from our squad selection uh let me see I got some stuff written down here uh, so let's talk about the double Liverpool defenders a little bit because uh, three of us have that have that situation going. Um, Gash, can you kind of tell us what made you choose the double Liverpool option? You know, little little risky in years past, but kind of seems like a no-brainer, at least to me right now. So how do you feel about it? 
Yeah, um, a lot of my thinking behind it was looking at how they did last season. And um, I think, you know, people like to point out that at the start of last season, they went, you know, maybe 10 or 15 game weeks while hardly keeping any clean sheets. And I think a big part of that was they were adjusting to a new defensive system. And Ali Sun was also out for, you know, a huge chunk of that run. Um, So I think once he came back and they really, you know, got into the rhythm, they were keeping, you know, clean sheet after clean sheet for a while there. And I think that's what I'm hoping for. Um, I'm not really too worried necessarily about Trent and uh, Robbo getting forward um, because I think they'll, you know, get your attacking re- returns regardless. It's just really that um, the the clean sheets that can, you know, propel them into uh, elite status. Um, they were both, I think Trent scored maybe about 210 points last season. and Robertson was slightly behind that. Um, so I, for that, um, you know, point scoring if, if they had if, if you could get a seven point on midfielder that scored their many points you know you'd be ecstatic and I, I think that's the same thing just because they're you know playing in the back yeah that was my thinking i tried to tell myself like all right like just think of one of them as a midfielder you're getting a 7.0 yep. liverpool midfielder with the potential to score 200 plus it's just it's almost too good to be true uh i know c4 c4 what do you think yeah i'm kind of agreeing there with you guys on the later points of I kind of yo-yoed with this back with my first draft of it kind of made sense to me to not play a three at the back this year, just because of if you're comparing the premium defender options with mid range uh, midfielder options in that 7.0, I would say all the way up to like 9.0 range. Like I asked this episode on the last podcast, I don't see any of them outscoring a Trent or a Robertson, or at least not outscoring them enough to justify the one or $1.5 million difference there. So that yeah. was my thinking to it. I almost went overboard and played a five at the back this year when I had my first draft just because of that thinking. So mm-hmm. I'm not usually comfortable with the three-man midfield, but like you said, that mentality of, you know, Trent and Robert basically the midfielder helps a lot with that. I just want to say one thing. You've been calling him Robo. Um... <laughs> For a while, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Robo. It's Robertson, not Robertson. So, <laughs> Robo something to keep in mind. Robocop. <laughs> Sorry, dude. I, I think I don't it's know if that's Canadian just like accent. your Canadian. Yeah, I don't know if that's your yeah. Canadian coming through or whatnot. But let's, let's try to keep that. it American here, okay? <laughs> and uh, let's kind of flip on the other side of this question, Taz. Why don't you kind of tell us why you didn't go for the double Liverpool option? Um, basically, went for our last season. Didn't turn out so well, as uh, Gash mentioned before. Even though Allison was still out, that's kind of a big factor in it. Um, you know, they, I ended up having to transfer one of them out. I believe it was Robertson last season towards after a couple of game weeks. So for me, it's like I don't want to really risk it upon um, just even like uh, not even specifically Liverpool double up, but I just wouldn't want to risk kind of any defensive. Uh, double up in the back just because it's kind of a little bit unpredictable going to the start of the season. Uh, the way I set it up, though, is like I have Doherty, which is like um, offers me a different team that's viable still for clean sheets, but he's only a million less than Robertson. So Liverpool do start off really well, and I can see they're getting defensive returns as well as attacking returns. I can easily transfer in a Robertson. You know, I have like Zaha in my team, but that's that one like kind of like my risky player that if it doesn't work out, I can take that funds and – upgrade elsewhere where I see other, uh, you know, maybe premium assets are doing better so I can always upgrade. Um, but yeah, but I mean, I, a big argument is that like, every, I feel like everyone see, thinks they're going to get 200 points again. Um, I, I, I believe they're going to like both of them are gonna average around like 180. I don't think they're either one of them is actually going to break 200 points. You know, uh, 
Robertson the year he two years ago when he broke that 100, uh, he set the record for 213 points. Liverpool had a like absurd 21 clean sheets, which I just don't think they're gonna keep uh, this season without signing anyone help out in the back. You know, if you know if Van Dyke or even Robertson are trying to get injured, that's uh, you know the Liverpool defense is looking significantly different as well as when Robertson yes last season he had such a you know crazy haul of attacking returns that just made up for not getting those clean sheets so I mean I believe Liverpool's still gonna get at least 15 clean sheets but I don't think they're gonna be like crazy scoring as they were or as people expect them to okay okay and you picked Trent out of the two of them right yeah yeah I believe yeah, Trent's okay. the better option yeah I think so too I think he's worth the extra 0.5 um Let's move from Liverpool over to Newcastle, uh, C4, your boys. Let's talk about uh, ASM a little bit. I think you're the only one out of the four of us to have ASM in your team. Uh, he's a popular pick for a couple of game weeks. Oh, Taz, you have him too? Yeah. All right, yeah, so ASM, ASM was a popular pick for a couple of game weeks last season. Uh, he went on that little tear. I think you said, what was it, most of his points came within like a two, three-week tear. I think Gasher brought that up in one okay. of our episodes. Yeah, Gash knows that um, one. So you guys – so, uh, C4, are you expecting more consistency from him this year? Are you expecting some of those points to be spread out? Are you expecting an improvement? I know you were really excited about Frazier and Wilson signing, and you talked a bit about how that could make ASM better. So is that still your mentality here? So it's the C4 yo-yo coming back out of ASM was in my first draft. But then up until the moves that Newcastle made this week, he, he quickly came out of my draft. Now that he has those other offensive tools to work with up top, I think that makes him a very viable 5.5 option. And with those fixtures in the first eight, nine game weeks, I'd love to have him on my team. Taz, what's your thinking about him? Um, same, but it kind of strolled over more. Mine was more along the lines of like how I was formatting my team. Uh, so basically i was looking at it i don't really i know like gash went with the double of liverpool um yeah the triple of uh, what's the name of uh saints but he went with shea adams and i believe it was armstrong for me i kind of think armstrong is a better option over saint maximum but i didn't want to have uh shea adams and armstrong so i kind of went for a little bit of diversity i do believe um his stock price has increased because of uh the signings newcastle made and i believe you know um it's something like you know it's more of like I feel like everyone's going to pick uh, like that budget midfielder in the beginning of the season that they think they're going to start off well, and almost everyone's going to be wrong, and there's going to be a different you know, budget midfielder that goes off, and then we're all going to just jump on that hype train. So I think just for now, I think just like uh, just for me, it's more of like diversifying my team so I can uh, later on see who I want and transfer in. If I can yeah, also point out with ACM, ASM today, another nice Twitter burn for Newcastle fans. Tweeted a nice picture of him in an empty stadium saying he's congratulating all the uh, Southampton fans for being, or sorry, the Sunderland fans for being back in the Premier League. Oh, man. <laughs> I think you're, you you might be one of the only people to follow the Newcastle Twitter account. So keep us, no, keep this us is on, on what personal, man. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, so Taz, you've spoken a lot about diversifying your team in your last two answers. So let's shift gears a little bit to somebody who didn't diversify their team all that much. Uh, Gash. You got three Saints players in your team. Uh, some would say it's ballsy. Some would say it's genius. What do you think? What say uh, you? I'd, I'd be part of the the portion of people that say it's genius. Um, mm -hmm. I was that you know kind of relating it back to ASM. I, I was going to say the one the one reason I would pick ASM over Armstrong in my team personally is because I have two other Saints players, and I'd be you know like wary of. Um, of you know the the triple up that I currently have, so I am kind of still weighing that option. 
But I think all things considered, if you had to pick either, you know, ASM or Armstrong, I think Armstrong comes out, you know, um, maybe not super, super far ahead, but definitely by a decent margin. Um, I was actually just looking at, like, you know, the fixture difficulties as well. And C4, I don't know what you were talking about, but, you know, over the first nine game weeks, Newcastle are in the bottom half in terms of, you know, how good their fixtures are at the start. So it's it's really it's nothing I would consider, you know, especially with Southampton having, um, by the same measure, Southampton have the second best fixtures for the first nine game weeks. Um, so I, I would really, you know, it, that looking, really swings it. I'm looking at ASM's fixtures right now. Uh, I have to retract that. He, he doesn't look at- good. I'm looking on. I'm just looking at the Premier League website. I'm giving yeah. up the eye test. I would say, you know what? He doesn't have a good eight fixtures. He has a good fourteen fixtures. Look oh. at those bad boys. Oh, oh, man. So I would. So I, I would, guess. The, I guess the delusion is still there from a couple of days ago. Yeah. No, I so guess that, your your excitement delusion is still there from Frazier and Callum Wilson. <laughs> I don't. I don't blame oh, him. That, that, that's excitement. That's he's not really thinking logically. So that's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We'll let him. We'll let him stay in fantasy land before yeah. uh, the season starts. Before shit gets real. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on from there and uh, let's talk about some Spurs options. Uh, I saw a couple Spurs players littered throughout you guys' teams. Um, uh, yeah. So, which one of you had Harry Kane? What was that? C four. Delusional boy. C four. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's continue the delusion and tell us uh, tell us about Harry Kane. So. I feel like there was kind of some heat after uh, England's second Nations League game with Harry Kane's performance. I saw a lot of knee-jerk reactions of trying to take him out of the squad. I, I wouldn't lie for a brief, like, I would say 30 minutes. I was like, oh, crap, who am I dropping him for to get someone else in my squad? But, you know, what? I sat back, had some chicken nuggets, and I thought looking at Kane's performance both last season under Jose and – how he typically does in the first eight game weeks. I, I felt good with my decision still. I just want to point this out. I don't know where this myth comes comes from of Kane doesn't perform well to begin the season. Over the last three seasons in his first eight games, 2019, 2020, five goals, one assist. Year before that, five goals, one assist. And then a year before that, six goals in his first eight games. It was, it was August goals. specifically. What, that's like two game weeks? I'm looking more at the first eight because that's where I see him sticking in my team. Also, not to point out, under Jose last year, 18 games that Kane played while Mourinho was the manager, he returned 12 goals and one assist. And over a full 38-game schedule, that would translate to a 25-goal pace, which would have been good enough to win the gold boot last year. I feel confident with him. I think he's the best premium striker as of right now. The only way I see myself taking him out of my squad is if he does complete dog shit or if Aguero starts going off. I honestly think I'm more likely I might do it is take Warner out, but that's a different discussion. As long as we're talking Spurs players, if I do end up taking Warner out, I might double up on the Spurs attack and bring Deli Ali in. Because, you know, that Spurs documentary on Amazon Prime, seeing how Mourinho talks about Deli Ali inspires me right here, right in my heart and into my FPL team. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, I didn't watch the Spurs doc yet, but I don't know what could be in there that would make me want Dele Ali on my fantasy team. But, Can I uh, give you one uh, line? Yeah, what's up? Mourinho, he sits down with Dele Ali and he says, you know what? Or sorry, he sat down with Levy, the owner of Spurs, and he said, you know what? There was one thing Alex Ferguson told me before he left. Buy Dele Ali. 
That's all I have to say. No yeah. way. He did. Can I go? <laughs> can, I, can I give? Can I give one other line? Yeah. In, in the middle of the of, in the middle of a team meeting, Mourinho looked at Deli Ali and said, "You are lazy as shit." <laughs> That's yeah. the Deli Ali I know. That's us. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go from a uh, one shit player. I mean, a uh, Spurs player to another. Uh, let's talk about Son a little bit. Uh, Taz, why don't you tell us about Son? So I know starting off the. For me, I wanted to have a Spurs player, an attacking player, in their first eight matches. Uh, six of their matches only score a two on the fixture difficulty rating, so a lot of good matches to start the season for them. And for me, it was between Kane and Son, and then I th- I think Kane might be the slightly better option because he's the forwards guaranteed more uh, time up top, but um, I just couldn't fit him in my team money-wise. I'm more than happy, though, to own Son. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of people said like under Mourinho he plays a lot more defensively, but still under Mourinho since Mourinho joined he like averaged um, 5.9 points per match, and then he was also involved in like 49 percent of the goals uh, Spurs scored more than any other player in the team. Uh, you know he has also had a pretty good uh, preseason. You know preseason isn't the biggest thing, but at the same time he scored he was involved in six of the nine goals Spurs scored in the the four uh, matches I believe they played. So, you know, it kind of shows me that he's kind of keeping this form going into the new season. And, uh, you know, it's kind of one of those players that, like, if I don't really like him, how he's going, maybe, you know, he is off just a poor start. I can easily, you know, downgrade him to one of the Chelsea midfielders that are on my watch list if they are performing well. Or I can even find a half a million to upgrade him to Rashford if the Manchester boys are doing well. So that's just my take on why I want to own him. So it sounds like you got some backup plans ready just in case. That's uh, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. All right, moving on from uh, Spurs, let's uh, let's talk about Crystal Palace a little bit. Uh, let's talk about Zaha. Taz, why don't you tell us uh, what you were thinking there? Oh, uh, Zaha. So for me, I was kind of when I build my team first. I was like, I I had my core players of like I know I definitely want a Werner. Definitely want another six uh mid six uh six and a half uh. Pound, uh, million pound striker to go along with him as well as I knew my two big hitters were going to be start of the season was Aubameyang and uh, Salah and both of them I'm going to be more than comfortable transferring in and out during the season for other premium assets depending on you know who's in form and uh, also give me a little bit of consideration to fixtures and then I had my back line where I, I knew for sure I wanted Trent and, and um, the another you know, premium defender and then the budget options and it kind of left me with this place in my midfield where I kind of was like, I can afford something a bit more premium than just the five and a half and another five and a half. So I kind of went with Zaha, who's been, you know, didn't have the best season last year, but during the preseason, he's been playing in a forward position, which I believe is going to continue for um, for Crystal Palace going to the season. And he's been also uh, in their, uh, in the preseason, he's also been uh, returned. He returned uh, three goals and two assists out of the four games I believe they played. And, you know, to me, that kind of shows a little bit of good numbers. I don't expect him to go off. I know for me, it's just more of like a punt and to see if he does well. If it doesn't work out after a couple of game weeks, I can uh, you know easily downgrade him to another you know premium uh, budget uh, option that is doing well, and I can use the funds you know elsewhere to either you know upgrade or downgrade some of the players. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense with him to then use that budget elsewhere to upgrade the players. Right, right, right. Makes sense. Um, yeah, I was a little confused by your addition of Zaha, honestly. Seemed uh, a year or two behind, but I guess we'll see how it works. Um, let's move on from uh, forwards back to goalkeepers. 
Uh, Ryan McCarthy uh, is getting more and more popular as an option. It seems like uh, which which of you guys had him? Was it who had? Yeah, C four. Yeah. It's hard to remember all you guys' teams. Uh, so let's talk about McCarthy a little bit. C four. What was your uh, what was your thought in bringing him in? I kind of thought just based off of Saints pictures, his price that it was a safe send and forget option. Uh, I'm honestly kind of shocked that two of you guys don't have him. I feel like he's the consensus 4.5 pick this season. And honestly, I'm I'm asking you guys just to find not having him. Like I could see with Gash's team, at least from my perspective, there'd be a reason not to have him with uh, having three other Saints players. But I'm kind of just wondering what your guys' thought process is there of not having him. Um. Yeah, so like... My thought process of not having him is just, um, you know, there there really isn't much of a thought process. Uh, I just picked, <laughs> I just picked, um, you know, I just picked Ryan first when I was setting my team. Um, yeah, that I don't know, man. I just picked Ryan, and uh, I'm just sticking with Ryan for now. Uh, see if I change my mind before the deadline. I am. Um, so for me personally, I think Ryan's going to have more uh, save points in the first, um, you know, run of fixtures there. Um, and it's actually interesting, you know, Ryan is actually higher, uh, is selected by a higher percentage of players right now than McCarthy is. Ryan's at 21.1. Pope is at 21.2 is the highest. And then McCarthy is third at 19.7. So they're all, they're, they're all actually really close to each other. Um, mm. But that, that was my thinking, at least, is, you know, he should, he's going to rack up a, a good amount of safe points. Um, a, a big thing for me, too, is the eye test. You know, I've, I've seen him play, and I think he's a pretty solid keeper. And then again, with the, the triple Saints, you know, the, the way I evaluated it, at least, I'd rather have all of those three other players in my team for their prices and what they bring than having McCarthy in goal. So just a question. Was it you, you also have uh, Ryan's backup? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Do you think does that does that play into it at all either? Just to know you're safe that if Ryan. Yeah, it definitely definitely helps me mentally. You know, because if um, if if he does get hurt or anything like that, or um, you know, even if he's playing poorly, I mean, I would have to either transfer him out, or if you know the backup comes in and then I have a starting four point zero keeper. Um, so it's just kind of like the safety net, yeah. But yeah, doesn't that. Doesn't that worry you that you might be relying on a on a four backup at some point? No, or if he's he doing if, if he's doing well, then you know, kudos to him. If he's doing poorly, then I'll have to make a transfer anyway to get a, a better keeper in. So, Tomo, it's interesting. It seems to... like, yeah, what? I'm just going to say I don't think we have to really worry about four keepers. I just want to put it out there. I know someone who has a game week one uh, draft right now, and he has no starting keeper. So I think as far as our choices go, we're doing pretty well. Yeah, I think we're killing it. Um, Taz, why don't you tell us about your McCarthy thoughts? Yeah, so one thing that, um, you know, going to thinking about it is the whole, like, another, you know, couple of uh, 4.5 million defenders that are popular are, like, Kyle Walker-Peters and uh, Lawson from Brighton. So for me, it was more of, like, a mix and match of, like, I don't want to own both of them. So I'm... For me, I chose McCarthy first because I think he's just going to have a better start of the season than um, 
uh, Matt Ryan will. But if I do go with Kyle Walker Peters in my defense, then I'll just uh, switch McCarthy to Ryan. Uh, Gash does have a good point of like, you know, you're having a guaranteed backup in the 4.0 million. Whereas if you go with McCarthy, his backup done is a four and a half. So you're, you're spending that extra half a million if you want to have that guaranteed uh, backup. But with that, I'm willing to risk it uh, not having a guaranteed backup. If something happens to McCarthy, I just have to make the transfer if or lose points for that game week if he does get injured uh, after the deadline. But I'm more um, I'm more confident in Saints keeping more clean sheets in the beginning and uh, their defensive potential. How many points do you get for a clean sheet as a keeper? Four. Yeah. And how many per save? Uh, uh, every, every three saves. <clears throat> Sorry. Every, every three, three saves, saves is one. Point. Yeah. One okay, point. Okay, okay. Okay. That's an interesting idea to have, like, uh, I know in fantasy football, we call that a handcuff, uh, having the guys back up, having your keepers back up. I never really mm. thought about that for FPL. That's always on my mind for fantasy football. You know, I, I always draft your running backs handcuff. But that's interesting, too, for the keeper. That's that's a good idea. I might I might take that one from you guys. <laughs> um, what can I say? Right. Let's move on here. Um, yeah, so let's get into the blanks. Uh, blanks are annoying. Everybody knows that. Usually they come up a little later in the season, but we got – Got some pretty big blanks game week one. We got both Manchester clubs, uh, United and City are blanking, as well as Burnley and Aston Villa. Um, so let's kind of talk about how we're handling that game week one blank. Uh, that's tough because a lot of people are counting on United and City assets, uh, probably not as much for Burnley and Villa. But still, you know, there's still some good players on those clubs as well. So, um, Gash, why don't you kind of speak about your plan for handling the game week one blanks? And, um, yeah, well, take it away. Sure. So I have actually um, two players blanking in the first game week on my team. Um, I have Mason Greenwood and um, Taylor on the bench. Um, and my thinking behind that is kind of, you know, I wanted, I definitely want, you know, certain United and, and City assets and even, you know, a Burnley defender that I have now. And I didn't want to spend too many free transfers making them or um, after a few game weeks or even, you know, taking a hit that early in the season. Um, and the way I look at it, at least, um, Yes, there is some value being left on the bench um, for game week one for me, but I would rather have that than have to spend the money or the transfers to do it. Um, I think that it's I'm going to have a hard enough time getting you know other city assets or other United assets um, early in the season, so I'd rather you know kind of play it safe almost and have these you know the two players at least that I picked um, on my team already rather than worrying about you know. Um, planning transfers too far in advance, then, you know, something happening that screws up my plans anyway. Um, so I, I'd rather, you know, it, it's kind of like the the safety net type thing for me. Do you have, like, one particular transfer in mind that you want to make after the first game week or after the second game week? Yeah, I, I mean, I know I'm on KDB somewhere in my team um, from early on in the season. I haven't decided if that's before game week two or before game week three yet, and that's something that's going to, you know, might change in my head with the, the price rises as well. Um, and then I, I want Bruno Fernandez. I'm, I don't, don't think it right now I'm going to be able to fit him in. Um, but then, you know, I could always, you know, bring in someone like, uh, like Martial if, if um, Werner's not doing too well. And I could easily, that's a, you know, it's an easy switch to make since Martial is half a million cheaper. Um, yeah. So kind of, okay, I kind of have a couple in mind, but maybe nothing super set. Yeah. The, the fantasy, fantasy Premier League gods are throwing us a big, big, uh, challenge right at week one yeah uh, a lot of people getting screwed over by this uh taz how are you dealing with it 
So I I think what the ga- the strategy Gash went with, but having Greenwood on your bench is the only viable one in terms of ha- owning those players and keeping them on your bench. I feel like with Greenwood at seven and a half, that's the only like price point where it's okay. Uh, you, you have uh, the Berlin defender four and a half, which isn't that much money wasted because you just have another four and a half defender. So if anything, you're just saving yourself the transfer. But um, you know, I believe I I would I was thinking about it too, having Greenwood, but I'm just not set on his underlying numbers, and I think um. You know, I'd rather see, for me, it's more of like seeing Son and Werner, how they work out. And then my plan is to, I can either, you know, um, downgrade Werner to Martial, who I, I think will have a, a splendid season, or upgrade uh, Son to Rashford, which I think is uh, another solid option. Um, but yeah, I think the best uh, uh, options would be just to like save that money. If people are benching, like, you know, your KDBs, Bruno Fernandeses on the bench, I feel like that's a lot of money early on that's... Uh, you know, you can just simply oh, a big strategy I see is people like have say so you just build your team with whatever player you want. So let's say you do want to own Marshall, you know that game week two, just build your team that way, and then just transfer Marshall just before the game week one deadline. Just instead of Marshall, you pick up an Ings or a Jimenez, uh, and then just take that one. You gotta use up that one transfer after game week one you'll have for it. So I think that's the other bet, a good strategy to do. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. A good point, too, about leaving too much on the bench. Uh, I agree that, like, Greenwood is probably, like, Greenwood or Foden uh, from City, I would feel comfortable leaving on the bench for game week one. But anything above that value is just just too too many uh, wasted funds in my mind. Uh, C4, how are you dealing with the big, the big blank? So I think this kind of plays into my strategy with having two premium strikers, having two premium midfielders, than having a more uh, set back line is I didn't want to waste transfers in those first three, four game weeks on defenders. I wanted to have those all allocated to midfielders and attackers to try and fit in City and United players where appropriate. And so I think my strategy at least is not considering a transfer at minimum until after game week two, until uh, Arsenal start having that tough stretch of fixtures. Although if Aubameyang does go off in both games, I think I can see myself riding it out considering City's uh, fixtures aren't the best to kick off the season. Where I'm more so looking now in terms of getting a United asset is uh, Warner. I think the move down to uh, Martial is really easy to make and it makes a lot of sense. And then using that other 0.5 to strengthen perhaps my back line with upgrading one of my 4.0s to Burnley Defender once the season kicks off and they no longer have a blank. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's move on from the game week one blanks um, to any last minute moves that we are considering, uh, anything that's on our mind. Uh, for me, I already mentioned that Ryan to McCarthy is on my mind. Uh, what else is on my mind? There was one more big one that I was thinking of. I don't know. Maybe it'll come to me when you guys are talking. Um, Gash, is there any one move that you, one or two moves that you got on your mind? Oh, there is. There is a, a move in real life that I'm hoping materializes very soon. Oh, not um, this I'm, I'm very focused on, I, I still think Jaden Sancho is going to sign for United. Um, I have Greenwood in there as a placeholder for now, but if Sancho signs, um, you know, before the game week one deadline, I'm taking Greenwood out of my team because I think Sancho will drop right in. I'm at the right wing spot and Greenwood will move to the bench. Um, and if that does happen, then, you know, I, have a, I haven't decided yet what I would do, um, but it would be something like, you know, Werner to Martial um, is a possibility in there. 
Uh, maybe not for game week one, but, you know, save that free transfer and do it after the first game week. Um, it depends on, you know, Ziek and if he's fit or not before the game week one deadline. So there's another possibility there of, you know, if I can free up a half million somewhere else on my team, then I can bring him in for Greenwood. Um, yeah, no, that, that that's, I would say there are maybe one or two other minor things, but that's really kind of the big thing I'm focused on that I, my contingency plan is, is on. What's the, uh, what's the likelihood if you can give me a percentage wise of Sancho coming, what's your, what's your, uh, I would say between 99 and a hundred percent. Get the fuck out of here. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> oh, just so all our viewers know, I offered to bet you on, on this about this multiple times weeks back and, and you didn't want to enter into a bet with me. So I told you I wanted to bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I and said 20 I, bucks and then I stalled a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> So let's go from a uh, Sancho delusion back over to our delusional Newcastle fan. Uh, C4, you got any any last minute moves on your mind here? I'm going to admit that Gash might have sold me on moving McCarthy over to Ryan Walton. I think he made a really good argument with the backup situation there. So yeah, that, that's uh, that's really good argument there. <laughs> you might have got me with that too. <laughs> my plan is working. Good job. Uh, I think I've mentioned <laughs> it at least. <laughs> Sorry, I, I think I mentioned it at least twice this episode that I'm more comfortable with the 3-4-3 from a fantasy perspective. And I think especially if, I don't know if you guys saw the reports today now that Buster Liverpool might be looking to move him on a permanent. If there is a 4.5 starting attacker, that makes it so much easier to fit in another premium midfielder. And I think I'd be very willing to move Warner out. I, I think maybe... I think a lot of people might be over that so now they're looking to just move him to another Premier League club. Oh, there wasn't like a specific club attached to it? There might have been. I only saw the... Because I'm pretty stuff. confident to say right now that if he goes to any Premier League team, he's making it in my team at four and a half. Like if he's yeah. if he goes anywhere with a chance of starting or at least getting somewhat consistent minutes, it's, it's a no-brainer at four and a half. But if he stays at Liverpool, it's a no. But yeah. Um, Taz... Um, yeah, for me, it's uh, I'm still not signed my four and a half million uh, defender that I have back there. Right now, it's not, not great, but uh, considering a bunch of other options, I think that's going to be someone I decide right before the deadline. As well as you know, my Zaha pick, I'm not fully signed on him, even though I like it. It's I'm either gonna you know switch him to another budget defender, I mean budget uh, midfielder, and then just upgrade either to a three four three, or uh, you know split the funds and bring in Robertson, which I probably – that plan would probably be more if, if I keep Saha and I go into the season after, like, a couple game weeks. That's when I would make that switch. Um, besides that, um, my main core – my plan is – my main core staying of Warner, uh, that's somebody I'm willing to, you know, take the risk on. And, you know, he's he is a proven striker in the Europe, but, you know, I'm talking about in terms of uh, in the in Premier League and seeing what kind of uh, fantasy results he gets, as well as uh, – Bamiyang and Salah are both uh, options that uh, I've I I have them for my first couple of game weeks, but you know I wouldn't be I'm not too set on transferring Bamiyang now for KDB. I could easily transfer out Salah for KDB or even you know transfer both of them out for KDB and uh, Fernandez. You know it's something that's flowing around. Yeah, um, that's my head as well. The goalkeeper situations in my head, the vinaigre situations in my head. I I'm probably gonna have quite a few last minute moves. Um, 
and let's hope I don't fall asleep making them. Uh, yeah, so let's move on. Um, last thing we want to do here is uh, we want to rank each other's teams. Um, so what, what was the rules we set aside? We can't we can't rank our own team. Can't yeah, score you don't rank team. it. It's just the three other people, yeah. You rank the three other people, and you score everybody on a scale of one to three, you said? You we're just ranking them. First, 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 just ranking. Yeah. Okay, okay. So how are we going to do this? We each go one at a time, then we average out the scores after. So you All want right. to start off? Okay, so in third, sorry, Tomo, but I have you. And then in second, I have Taz and Gash in first. Okay. Yes. Gash? Um, I would go um, three, uh, sorry, Tomo. Um, I'd go C4, two, and Taz, number one. Taz? <laughs> Um, I'll go with uh, so in third place, I'm going with Gash just because. Yes, uh, he, he needs, he's, he's, he's playing the system, he's trying to knock my average down so he wins it. No, I, I'm just not a big fan of the double up, uh, the triple up on uh, I mean, on Southampton. You know, they did have a great se- uh, ending towards last season, but I think they're still a bottom half team, and uh, I don't think they're gonna produce fourth place, as well. fourth place in, in the last 25. Yeah, well, we'll see if they keep that up. Um, and then for you know second place, I'll go with uh, uh, Tomo, and then first place I'll go with uh, Sid. I mean C four. <laughs> Sorry, did I change my name? C four, you write down these numbers. Yeah, I'll average it out. Okay, cool. Um, for me, uh, I might have to change my answers now uh, based on where you guys ranked me. <laughs> um, I'm gonna put C 4s team in third. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. Um, Gashler in second. And my boy Taz in first. My <laughs> Arsenal <God>. fan, Taz. <laughs> <laughs> Just because he's the only one who didn't put me last. <laughs> okay. So it looks like Tomo, you're unanimously, you're the fourth ranked team. Gash, me and you are actually tied. Oh, we all have a, we both have a first, a second, and a third ranking. Then Taz is in first. Can I change mine? <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope. We got to hear from the listeners too, guys. Let us know which which team you think is the best. If you hear this in time, if you're yeah, one no, of I'm the fine. if you're one of the 19 people who have listened so far on Spotify, please let us know. <laughs> and tell your friends um, so they can be number 20. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, let's move in on the week to from the... now. In the week from now, we'll yeah. know whose team did better. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, we don't have any fan questions this week uh, since it's only been a day since our last recording, but uh, make sure you guys get those in. Always call the hotline. We, I really want to play one of your guys' voice messages on the on the podcast. I think that'd be fun. So uh, send in your voice messages. And um, last but not least, uh, I heard we have a little bet going on between two of our co-hosts here, C4 and Taz. You guys want to talk about that a little bit? Well, it kind of stems from... Uh conversation we had earlier on where I basically made the argument that triple captains don't usually work out for me when I plan them out. So I'm just going with game week one, triple captain, getting it done. Taz greatly disagreed with that. And so it kind of came to a bet of, I, I'm going to play my triple captain game week one. He'll play it whenever he likes. And I believe I'll get more points. He believes he'll get more points. The loser will have to do the equivalent of a hot ones episode on one podcast once that's decided. 
That's going to be awesome. So you guys are going to get some spicy wings, eat one yep. before every segment or something like that. We'll figure it out. That'll be fun. Yeah. But um, so fun. C4 used us first, uh, you know, triple captain for this first game week. Uh, I don't believe we mentioned actually who we're captaining going to the game week one. So we can quickly mention this now. Oh, yeah. Um, we should. All of us, uh, all of us captain uh, Bamayang. Um, is there, are, we're pretty much all set on it. Um, me speaking I might myself. I might change my mind. I might change my mind. Uh, I'm so, I'm really debating heavily between Abba and Salah. So yeah, same for me. It's uh, mm-hmm. between Abba and Salah. I just picked yeah. uh, Abba because he's uh, you know two seasons ago he you know scored against Fulham, so it kind of brings me a little bit of comfort. But as well as I think Fulham are a weaker team to Leeds. I feel like um, you know Leeds, even though I don't believe they're going to keep the defensive uh, record they had in the Premiership last season or a Championship. Um, I think they're still, you know, I believe Liverpool's still going to win that game, but, you know, it might be a way closer game of, like, you know, 2-1, 2-0 victory mm-hmm. for them where I think Arsenal have a higher chance, especially Alba scoring, you know, and he also scored in preseason, so keeping that form up. So, this is my pick for captain going to game me yeah, one, Alba. Yeah, I went with Alba, and I'm I'm going to wait here. Uh, this will be a last-minute decision there. Uh some reports are saying that the Obamian contract extension could be signed, uh, could be announced on Friday. So if that's announced right before the game week, um, you know, I think signing a new contract, a big announcement, everybody's all excited. Obamian, hat trick, it's coming. So um, if Obamian signs before the weekend, he will be my captain. If not, I think I'm going to go with Salah. So I think, I think maybe I'll leave it up to that. If Obamian's announced before the game week, he'll be my captain. Um, Gash, I just wanted to talk to you real quick. What's your prediction on their bet? Oh. Who are you rooting for? Are you rooting for C4 or are you rooting for Taz? <laughs> um, I think I think I actually think C4 is gonna win it uh, because Tad rank, Taz ranked me third in the, the thing we just did. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're all gonna be really petty about this. <laughs> I, I think C4 is gonna win it because you know, actually as he kind of said, when he typically plans it out a lot, it doesn't really go his way. So I, I think he's just kind of winging it, and I can actually see him like you know, nailing this this first game we captain. So, dude, I kind of like that argument too because I hate I hate the triple captain like just sitting in my back pocket all season. I kind of like C4's idea of using a game week one. So I'm going to say C4 as well. I I will say this too that um, me personally, I actually tend to do really really well in the first game week. I think the past like three seasons, I've been in first or second place in our mini league, and after the first game week, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, a couple uh, the couple of years back was when uh, United won four 0 in the opening game game week, and uh, you know I captain Lukaku with a brace or something. Um, but so uh, whoever I'm picking is really who you guys want to follow for the first game week, and I think I'm going with Aubameyang. <laughs> so yeah, I'm putting this out there into the FPL world right now. I think Aubameyang is going to do really well the first game week, and I think my team is going to you know soar. Especially, especially if he signs the thing. Especially if he signs. Can you imagine that announcement next day hat trick? Next announcement day, feeling good. Three 0 loss to Fulham. Our self fashion. We got to get that statue started. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I can't wait to see one of you guys eat some uh, some wings on the episode. That'll be fun. Um, yeah. Besides that, I think we're all wrapped up here, right? Yeah. So that's it uh, for our pre game week one episode here. Um, yeah, good luck to everybody setting your teams. Uh, reach out to us on Twitter or Instagram um, leading up to the game week. If you have any last minute questions, we'll uh, we'll be on we'll be on pretty heavily on Friday. We'll be locked and loaded, ready to go, um, ready to answer your last minute questions. So yeah, feel free to send it to us. 
And um, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you join our mini league. I don't know if we got up to an even 50 yet. Last time I checked, we were at 49. So hopefully we get a lot of people in our mini league. And um, yeah, any final words, anybody? C4, you have one more thing to say? I just quickly, because I think this is our last episode before the season kicks off. I just want two predictions from each of you. Uh, who's going to win the Premier League and who's going to be the highest scoring Premier League or FPL player this season. That's great. That's really great. Uh, Taz? Um, I think Man City are going to win the Premier League and then the highest scoring player. I'm going to go with, uh, you know, I'm going to say a bombing. I think him moving to midfield is going to get an extra point for that goal. And then, you know, if Arsenal can keep at least 15 clean sheets, that's an extra 15 points being optimistic here but yeah i, I think i'm about i love it i love it <laughs> catch um as much as it pains me to say it i also think city are gonna win the league and uh, my pick for the highest scoring player is Jaden sancho i think he's gonna be the top <laughs> fpl scoring player this season <laughs> i can't wait until he doesn't come and get zero fpl points oh he's gonna he, he's gonna he's gonna tear this league up this year this season for man united uh c4 uh, Spurs to win the league, and then highest scoring play, player Raheem Sterling. Spurs to win the league? I know he just yeah, glosses Spurs. over it like it's nothing. <laughs> yeah, he just said that and just kept talking. What? Yeah. <laughs> Spurs? I didn't even hear who your who your choice was uh, for the player. High, highest scoring player Raheem Sterling. That's kind of ridiculous too, but not as ridiculous as the Spurs. Jeez, man, that's crazy. Um. Yeah, uh, I think That's we're gonna have another Saint. For. I think we're gonna have another Saint Tottering games this year. I think Arsenal are finishing above Spurs, um, but they're not winning the league. Uh, my pick for the league once again is Liverpool. I uh, can't see them losing it. Uh, yeah. yeah, sorry, Gash. Uh, I think it's gonna be another Liverpool year. And as far as top fantasy asset, oh man. Um, I'm really thinking about this one. I'm thinking hard. I'm thinking hard. Uh, fuck it. Give me Salah. Salah's back on top this year. Whoa. Don't go crazy, Whoa. dude. Whoa. <laughs> Revolutionary. <laughs> what a scene. Yeah. Um, all right. So that wraps up episode five. And um, good luck, everybody, this season. Make sure you stay connected with us. We're looking forward to bringing you some great content all year long. And um, yeah, thanks everybody. Thanks C4. Thanks Gash. Thanks Taz. And we'll see everybody next week. Peace. See ya. Yeah.